Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's up, everyone? We are back once again. You are here with District Baseball. Congratulations. You have found the best baseball show on the internet. I am Nick. You can follow me at the Coach Moose. He is Trey. You can follow him at Reverse 2 r 2 ss and the show at District BSB. Today, we are recapping all of the major news around baseball. Uh, we're going to touch again on the Otani signing with all of the contract details coming out. We'll dive into the Soto trade that happened a couple of days ago, as well as all of the other moves that are going around. But Trey, what's going on? Nick, uh, we're finally starting to see a little bit more movement. We were kind of anticipating that we might see something. And then we actually had yep. a, a big deal happen with the Jung Hoo Lee signing a couple hours ago. But we'll yeah, get into so that perfect, in a little bit. Perfect podcast timing. Of course. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. Hopefully nothing <laughs> absolutely major happens in the night before this comes out but uh, I, I was gonna say if it happens during the show that's even better after yeah, the show yeah it. so like let's have like a 36 hour cool down yeah the time we're done recording till probably when the show comes out i agree so. mlb free agency should revolve around us and our schedules i agree in in actuality like it just makes sense like you want some buzz around your move so like don't make moves when there's no buzz to be had it's, you know it's true it, it does make a lot of sense um <laughs> But yeah, no, we just got the details about uh, Otani's contract after we had recorded our emergency episode the other night. And yep. uh, I think that's going to be the first thing that we go ahead and discuss because it's absolutely nuts. Uh, Nick, would you like to lay out the contract details? Yeah. So um, I was going to say it's pretty cut and dry in terms of how the contract is structured. But like when you actually think about it, it's not cut and dry because we've never seen anything like this. Yeah. That's for um, sure. <laughs> so as everyone new at the time of signing it's a 10-year 700 million dollar deal insane you know everyone's pulling up the california tax laws and what his net is and da, da 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 but we knew at the time he was signing that there was quote unquote unprecedented deferrals no one knew quite to the extent of what the deferrals were but we could assume like half the contract we even said on an emergency episode it's probably half the contract or at least give or take some, if it's 60% of the contract, you know, it makes sense. That would still be unprecedented. Um, Trey, it was not 60%. It was not 70%. It was not 80%. It was about 97% of the contract is deferred. Shohei Otani, the greatest player ever to play the sport of baseball is making $2 million a year for the next 10 years. So he is effectively 10 years 
20 million. Now he's still getting the remaining 680. That is going to be dispersed over the following decade. So $68 million a year towards the luxury tax threshold. Um, and presuming he, he doesn't extend his time with the Dodgers, the Dodgers will be paying Shohei $68 million a year not to play for them or yeah. post retirement, whatever. Um, and obviously sports um, discourse had, had a field day with that. <laughs> um, I think before I get your take on it, the important thing to remember here in my mind is there, well, there's two quick things. One, this was Shohei's idea. You cannot have these unprecedented deferrals without a willing party. And I'm, I, I know I've seen plenty of people point that out, but this was Shohei's idea. Winning means just as much to him as getting paid. And this is putting his money where his mouth is. In fact, he's putting his money 10 years in the future because he's not getting paid his contract and for another 10 years. Listen, Shohei will be fine still, but he's not getting paid that money. The second thing is any team could have done this. Any team could have done this. It just came out today that the Giants were okay with the same exact deal. Mm-hmm. Now, if Shohei signed with the Giants, would people be so upset? I don't think so. Probably people are less upset because so. it's the yeah, at least less so. Yeah, agreed. But people are upset because it's the Dodgers. Listen, the Dodgers just outsmarted everyone. But at the same time, it doesn't sound like it was just a Dodgers thing. If the Giants were okay with the same exact structure and they had discussed that same exact structure, you know. And then at that point, if you have the exact same offer, are you going to pick Dodgers or Giants? To me, that that decision is clear. You're taking the Dodgers every single day. Like just because of what they've been able to, their current roster and the st- stability and spending ability and all that stuff. And we'll talk about the Giants later. But for all the people saying the Dodgers cheated the system, I don't see it that way because this was Shohei's doing. And it still counts 46 million, give or take, towards the competitive balance tax threshold or whatever cbt stands for yeah you got Uh, it (laughs) yeah because i got it so it's still it's not like he's counting two million towards cap it's not like football right and granted football has salary cap so it's a little bit of a different discussion but it's still 46 million towards the luxury tax so it's not like it's dropping from 70 million a year to two million a year that's just what shohei's netting that's a shohei problem that's not a dodgers manipulating the system it's still $46 million a year, which is Shohei's true contract was $46 million a year. No one would really bat an eye. They're like, oh, yeah, Shohei probably deserves more than that annually. And that's basically what the Dodgers are in spending power paying Shohei a year. Um, so I, I think you just from that kind of aspect, you can kind of see where I fall on this. But Trey, what are your thoughts on the, on the deal? Um, I think it's a smart contract for both sides from they both both sides get what they want. Um, yeah. Otani, it's also worth mentioning that this is this is the only contract like this that's going to be signed probably Thank ever. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So it's not like this is not going to become a precedent for other guys. I mean, te- technically, they could do it this way, but it's just not yeah. going to happen because no no other player in MLB has 
the endorsement potential of Otani. It, he's Eight on a billion people in the world. There's one guy who can do what Shohei yeah, Otani does. And, and and there's only one guy who can, you know, make probably more money off endorsements than he will yeah, 50 on 50 million a year total. Yeah, exactly. Estimated. He's going to be fine. He's totally fine. Um, but he's the, he is the only guy in baseball that can get paid like that for just endorsements. There's no yeah. other guy that, I mean, you can, and Instagram followers aren't everything, but he is first and it's not close uh, in, in amount of Instagram follower followers. So he, he's got influence. He's got international clout yeah. as well that other players don't have. Um, so it makes sense for him. He doesn't need to get paid a salary by the Dodgers uh, while he's playing because he's going to get a ton of money in other avenues. Um, and also uh, tax reasons. Um, yes. The, the, you know, by the time Otani is getting paid his deferred money, which is most of the contract, it's uh, I mean, he could he's not going to be, be paying California taxes. Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. He's probably going to get out of there so he doesn't have to pay the California taxes. So um, realistically, he's going to uh, gain Smart. value based on that. Smart. Um and the Dodgers, obviously, uh, and and like you said, any team like the Giants did offer were willing to to take a contract like this as well. So this is not a, a Dodgers thing, but the Dodgers were were smart here um, with this signing. Um, the only hesitation I have is is more of a personal thing. It's just the fact that um, that they don't have to pay interest on the deferred money. Uh, which me- basically means that the Dodgers billionaire owner gets to save some money in the long run, uh, which that doesn't sit right with me. I think they should have to pay their fair share. But uh, other than that, it makes a lot of sense from both sides. Yeah. like, And I, I totally get that point. I, um, you know, with inflation and all that stuff, I think uh, the estimated, it's not net value, but, the va- real value or whatever of the deal is like 460 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause $70 million today is worth a lot more than it will be by the time he gets it in, you know, 20, right. 34 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So like the, the real value is like 460 million, which is still you know, the, the richest <laughs> contract in baseball. History. Yeah. He's still, he's still fine guys. <laughs> right. But it's like, again, to, even to your point about the, the interest aspect, any team could have done it. Yeah, that, that's just that's and more it, of a money issue than it is a, the Dodgers. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's, money it's like, but it. My my thing is, and I see people saying, "Oh, the MLBPA has to hate this." <laughs> I've seen that a lot too. And but it like, makes sense. It was Shohei's thing. It's it. This is not the Dodgers manipulating the cap. Yeah, and also the, not the cap. I keep saying that because of football terms, but like. Essentially, the luxury tax. The luxury like, tax is basically a cap. I mean, yeah, it, for this some is teams. not any sort of manipulation. Deferrals have always been around, right? We know as Nats fans that deferrals have always been around. Mookie Betts has really aggressive deferrals too. So, you know, I guarantee you in 10 years, once we get past Shohei's playing days, everyone's going to start clowning the Dodgers about, oh, it's <laughs> their pants. You, know, you think so Bobby Bonilla Day is a big deal. It's Mookie Betts and Shohei Otani Day. And guess what? That bill is over 80 million. Yeah. <laughs> and Bobby Bonilla is making 1 million every Ju- July 1st. Like, and everyone clowns the Mets. Like, but anyways, I, I, I'm just saying, like, this is Shohei's thing. And also, it, it was a smart deal for Shohei because he's, if you got paid all that money up front with California taxes, you're probably making less than that 460 million that you're ultimately yeah, going to be making. Was, yeah, he might actually make money based on that right. because yeah, right. 
So again, like I think people are more mad that it's their the team didn't do this. Yeah, I think more people are mad than that anything the else. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and the Players Association, by the way, did agree in the last CBA that deferred payments could be infinite. There's that's a, it's they, they it's, yeah they you. it's you know put that the in CBA. there. <laughs> it's literally in the CBA. Yeah. So like the, there's no limit now in two three years when it's time to negotiate the cba again are they going to address this probably, probably. <laughs> they're probably going to say no more than 60 or 75 percent of the deal can be deferred i'm okay with that if you want yeah. to address it down the line that's fine but for the people saying this should be vetoed the owner should start but strike like that okay you're just really butthurt that your team didn't do this and i get it I'm pissed the Nats weren't <laughs> involved in this. In 10 years, they'll be dead. Like, the, yeah. like just, but you know, it, it is what it is. He's a generational talent. Like, like Soto, for instance, who, who this is probably a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. Like Soto's a free agent next year. You're they're not they're gonna try to use Shohei as a comp because Boris and any good agent would. Nobody's a comp to Shohei. Shohei's one of one. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one's gonna have these unprecedented deferrals yeah like like Shohei did no one's going to be okay going from 70 or like sacrificing 97 percent of their their earnings <laughs> in order to help the team but as you pointed out like Shohei's just in such a unique and and like beneficial healthy position outside of baseball with his mm-hmm. influence and advertisements and all that stuff He's fine, but no one else is in that position. Mike Trout. Not to that who, extent, no. Right, Mike Trout, who was, before Shohei came along, in our eyes, the, the, the greatest baseball player ever, he's not in that position. Not even close. No, not even close. So, again, you got to treat Shohei like a, a unique outlier and leave it at that, and everything else is going to be business as usual, in, in my opinion. I could be wrong. We'll see how the Soto negotiation goes because he'll be 26 at the time he's a free agent and that will, you know, be a, I can only assume unique and record breaking deal um, for uh, a non Shohei player. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think this is going to have a lasting impact on free agency. Um, you know what? A hot take. I will guarantee Juan Soto doesn't defer 97% of his contract. So uh, yeah, <laughs> All right, we don't really on, have to put worry it on the ticker. It. Yeah, go ahead, ticker. I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if that ends up happening, I'll just, I'll eat a sock yeah. or something. All right. When you want to take us through the Soto deal, yeah, what the Yankees so, are doing. Yeah. We'll just transition right into Soto here because um, that was the first really, really big move. I, I would say of the off season uh, was the Yankees getting aggressive in the trade market. I actually, I had said that they would do it in the free agent market, which I ended up being wrong, but it, they got aggressive regardless with a big time deal to acquire one year of Juan Soto. Um, I think this deal, it was, I, I, I Juan Soto has been traded for 12 players in his career already. <laughs> I just wanted that back alone blows my mind because he's like 25. Uh, but um, yeah, the Yankees traded six players. They also received Trent Grisham in the deal, not just Soto. Um, but they traded five pitchers as well as Kyle Higashioka, their catcher, to get Juan Soto. Um, and they were actually their press conference for Soto joining the team was today. And uh, it's pretty clear Soto is going to free agency. Um, so this is going to be a one year rental. They could they could obviously sign him in free agency if they you know 
put the money up, but it's pretty much going to be, uh, you know, best offer is, is going to get Juan Soto, it seems. Um, um, so there's that, but I do, I do think that the Yankees get a ton better, obviously, uh, from this deal. They've, they also, um, acquired Alex Verdugo from the Red Sox, I should mention. So they've kind of filled in their outfield, um, yeah, to completely be, re, have redone it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty much judge Soto Verdugo, with Grisham as the uh, backup, as, yeah, Grisham is the fourth guy, um, and he's a great defensive outfielder. So mm-hmm. that that's a, that's a good pickup. Not in them. the playoffs, not maybe not. Yeah, maybe not in the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, hey, now they're on the same team, so it can't yeah, exactly. happen like that again. Um, <laughs> they they already again. were, I guess, but um, they're they're a package deal now, I suppose. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no crazy crazy deal. The Yankees, uh, as as the Dodgers as well, they both teams still have work to do because um, both teams need pit more pitching. But uh, yeah, this is a step in the right direction for them because one, it was one of their worst offensive seasons as a team in a long time last season. Um, and that has to do with, you know, injuries and such. But, uh, you know, Juan Soto, he played 162 games last year. So he's going to play. He's going to be on the field. And that's what they need uh, most of all, I think. And that uh, that two and three, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to hit like two, three in the order or something oh, like they that because uh that's going to be a <laughs> we were talking about the dodgers one two three being pretty brutal that yankees one two three is not going to be much better uh for pitchers <laughs> so yeah. um yeah i think uh we'll, we'll see how it ends up working out but i think i think this is actually a good deal for the yankees um you know they definitely have the ability to win a world series um and you know when they add some pitching which they will this offseason that'll probably uh, round out their roster to be one of the best in the league. Yeah. So like, as far as the Yankees offensive woes that you alluded to, I, I think uh, injuries certainly played a part, but also like their selection of who they brought in to be reinforcements also played a part. A lot of the guys they brought in were like old and at the tail end of their careers, or at least past their prime, like an Anthony Rizzo, for example, mm-hmm. I think, you know, most Yankee fans were okay with re-signing him, but like you weren't re-signing him with the expectation that he was going to be what Anthony Rizzo was in like 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're paying him like it is. And same thing with like Donaldson. I mean, Donaldson, that could not have blown up more. And granted, they traded for him from Minnesota. So that was more of a, can we get something out of this as opposed to like, anything else but you the the yankees fans thing is like oh we chose donaldson over machado or -hmm. harper and it's like into to to an effect it it sort of was because he took a roster spot and he's playing third base you know so it's situations like that where the guys they chose to 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 bring in to fill those spots were not good choices to begin with it whereas now i think they're finally learning from their mistakes they're trading for a young guy in verdugo and i believe we talked about in the show like Verdugo is the word mid gets thrown out so much that it kind of like loses its meaning. But like, to me, like Verdugo is the epitome of mid, like he's fine. Yeah. He's, he's he's definitely mid mid is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. I don't mean it in a bad way. He's just fine. But like, they didn't stop there. Like if they only brought in Verdugo and then didn't add a single other position player, there's like, what the hell are they doing? But like putting Verdugo in between Judge or next to Judge and Soto, uh, yeah, that that's gonna work out just yeah, fine. That's gonna you know? help him a lot too, because yeah, I mean, right, anybody who's hitting near those guys is gonna benefit. Right, and, and like the big thing now is, 
and I think other teams do a good job of it. The, the um, Dodgers, for instance, have done a great job of it. Braves have done a great job of it is they didn't sign these guys in free agency. So they still have their X amount of free agency capital to spend on a Yamamoto or a, a Snell or whatever area they, they desire like shit they they could still sign cody bellinger if they wanted they i don't think they will yeah but like for (laughs) they could yeah yeah just technically to to make the point to to make the point they can still go make a big splash and then they you know we'll have added juan soto an mvp candidate and then probably another cy young slash mvp candidate because they're still heavily in on yamamoto so and they already have an mvp in aaron judge so it's like yeah, you gave up prospects, and I know people cling to prospects like their their mother's pearls, but this is the kind of risks you need to take in order to win. Yeah, and they you didn't really to... give up like any of their main main guys either. Right, but that's I, what I'm saying. It's like yeah. don't cling to prospects, saying, "Oh, this guy could be something." Go trade for someone that is, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the Yankees did a really good job. I, I like what they're doing, and I like that they're not done yet either um if, if you're a Yankees fan I, I think you can still hate Boone you can still hate Cashman but you you have to like what they're doing so far in free agents or in the off season. yeah I I definitely agree what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with Shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Um, so those are probably the two most important impactful moves. Uh, I guess we could also throw in uh, Jung Ho Lee in there, but we'll get, I think we'll get yeah, to we'll, him in we'll a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, because, yeah, you, you want to go through the list? Yeah, I was just going to rapid off. fire some, some of these uh, more recent moves um, dating back to December 3rd. Um, so let's just go ahead and uh, rattle them off real quick. So uh, we had some we've had some trades, we've had some free agency uh, signings. So um, on the third of December, we had the uh, Braves and Mariners make a very interesting trade. Uh, Seattle traded away Jared Kellenick to the Braves for basically a player dump. Um, so they they re- re- retained Jared Kellenick, uh, who is a young player. Um, and then we have uh, Atlanta has kind of been doing some weird stuff where they they're flipping players they get from trades. So they also tr- got Marco Gonzalez in that trade from the Mariners. They flipped him to the Pirates for some player to be named later. Um, and they also did the same thing with Evan White and Max Stassi later on. So interesting stuff yeah. there from them. They're trying to get some cash and some uh, pit, probably pitching prospects, I would think, is what's coming from them. Um, the Brewers doing some cool stuff. Um they signed uh, Wade Miley back and also a good friend of the Nats, Joe Ross. Welcome back. To My the boy. Uh, and then they also locked up their young player, but I think Nick's going to cover that soon. Yep. Um, and then we also, we already talked about the, 
the Yankees trades. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez, we were looking at him as a big, uh, big time free agent starting pitcher. He signs with the D backs. Um, so that's good for them. That means that the Diamondbacks are, are putting some money in saying, Hey, we had a competitive team last year. Uh, let's keep it going. So I like that. Um, and then, uh, we also had, um, a trade between Boston and St. Louis. I actually, I think this is a really good trade for Boston personally. Um, they received Tyler O'Neill for a couple pitchers, um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a really good fit for them that replaces Verdugo. Um, and then um, we pretty much have a couple moves today uh, that were uh, the Royals are, are, are being pretty aggressive this offseason. Um, and they, they made some moves today to sign uh, Will Smith, reliever, and as, as well as Seth Lugo to be a starter. Um, and then finally, obviously, we have the uh, Jung Ho Lee signing that happened earlier tonight. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and start with that. Nick, what do you think about the Giants signing uh, Lee out of the KBO? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're the Giants, like I think you had to have been fed up with always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You know, they were in on every big free agent going back to the 28 or 2019 offseason when they were really, really close to signing Bryce Harper. Like, I think it's kind of forgotten how close that was. Um and then, and then, and then, and then, right. You know, it's the, been arson judge, every, Carlos like every <laughs> right. Yeah. They're always in. So it's like, I, I always applaud teams for spending, especially the teams that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Um, and the giants have been trying desperately to get a face of the franchise in there because they've had some good seasons. They're, they're one of the, uh, I call them the red Sox, the 2010s red Sox, where they're really good one year and they suck the next year. And then they're really good. And they suck. Like we see the Minnesota twins do that. And, you know, now we're seeing the giants do that. And I, I can't, I don't really have an explanation for it, but that's just kind of the category they fall into. Um, so certainly they would want some more consistency um, in, you know, new manager, Bob Melvin, you know, multi manager of the year guy, like you want to support that they have really good pitching um, or at least some really good pitching. I think their pitching has been as inconsistent as they are, but you know, they, they needed more stability is my point in signing a premium free agent is a great way to stabilize a uh, unsteady ship, you know? So it's a chance it's a gamble, but th- they needed something like you could not strike out again after that. You just missed out on Shohei, mm-hmm. Right. And I love that they were in on Shohei. And it sounds like they were pretty close on Shohei. Like we heard Blue Jays and Dodgers and even Cubs for a little bit, but we didn't really hear it the Giants. But like the Giants had to have been until the very last second if they were agreeing to the terms that Shohei laid out, the 700 and 680 deferred and all that stuff. So uh, not only do I love that they're in on that, I love the quick pivot too. Like, hey, we cannot get in a bidding war we cannot strike out again. Let's just go get this guy, you know, help our outfield. Six years, 113 million. It's less than 20 million a year. In my mind, and this is me as a non-millionaire, non-billionaire, if it's less than 20 million a year, it, there's no such thing as an albatross. Like, it, yeah, you know, like, I can kind if, of, I if, can he, kind of if see he that. sucks, it's not going to destroy your team. Yeah. You know, like, and we'll talk about the Nats here in a second. Patrick Corbin's making 35 million. Steven Trosser is making 35 million. Granted, those are two and not just one, but like 
that's that's an albatross. Yeah, that's that's when it gets bad. <laughs> Anthony Rendon with the Angels. That's an albatross. Yeah, you know. But basically, like, if you play for the Nationals, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, I I really like more, this. But, yeah, yeah. I, I really like this move for the Giants personally because I, I think I think his um, abilities will translate to at least to an extent because uh, Lee is just so good with his plate discipline. He does not strike out. He walked a lot more than he struck out. And that normally translates between leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a good deal. And I'm that also, also because they were willing to put aside, you know, 700 mil for Otani, I would anticipate that they are not done. Um, The, the impact move that I like, I alluded to it earlier was the uh, trade for, uh, for Boston um, to get Tyler O'Neill from St. Louis. I think this is a good low risk trade for them where it it actually makes a lot of sense because just, you know, talking about Boston itself, you'd rather have the righty, I would say, because uh, that that monster is large, but it's short. Uh, So I would anticipate that he'll probably see an uptick in his homers. Meanwhile, you had Verdugo, who is the lefty, is a little harder for him uh, as as an opposite field hitter towards. They're rumored to be interested in Lord Escorial Jr. too. So they're so, there. It seems like they want to stack righties, which it makes a lot of sense. sense. You know, they play in Boston, so play your strengths. Um, but I like that move a lot. They didn't give up really anything uh, too important. Yeah. Um, um, you, got, you got another one? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. Um, you're going to talk about Jamer, right? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about him. Okay. In our under Underrated. Um, section. So like. It, it, it kind of sounds a little hypocritical and a little bit of a juxtaposition but i like that deal for the reds because the reds are spending Mm -hmm. and they're trying to you know support their young core um i don't know about the fit it seems like now they have one too many infielders so maybe uh you they're trying to package like a jonathan india in a trade for shane bieber um that's reported that they have interested in shane bieber so maybe that's coming we just haven't seen the full picture play out yet um but again i love small team spending so I, i really like that one Along the same line, small team spending. What are the Royals cooking? They're cooking um, something. I, I'm not quite sure yet. They were but terrible last year. Th- they're and... trying to revamp their pitching staff, and they've done a pretty good job so far. Right. The, you know, they were terrible last year. Mm-hmm. And I think any almost any other team would be in that situation, be like, oh, we were terrible, so why would we spend? Um, the Nats are doing that. And they weren't, <laughs> they, they overperformed and they're like, Oh, we were terrible. Why would we spend? Um, but the Royals are out there be like, Hey, we're, we'll overpay for Seth Lugo a little bit. We'll, you know, take a chance on, on Chris Stratton. Take a chance is a little harsh. Like he was solid, you know, we'll yeah, bring more, back more what, taking a chance on, uh, uh, the, that Braves trade with, uh, Kyle Wright. Um, because oh, he, yeah. he had he had an injury and struggled last year, but I actually like that move a lot too. Yeah, me too. Right, like you're just betting on a guy to be healthy, and if he is, then he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, in a couple weeks, they've just completely revamped their uh, their pitching staff, and I'm uh, Cole Raggins is their ace, right? Yeah, the guy yeah. they got from Texas. Yeah, like he was phenomenal for them after the trade. So it's like they've completely renewed their pitching staff, and they're going to benefit from it. And, you know, who knows what next offseason looks like after, you know, presumably their pitching staff is much, much, much more improved. So I really like what they're doing. And again, being aggressive. They're not waiting for the Snell domino or the Yamamoto domino to fall. They're going to get these guys now. 
-hmm. And that's a very viable strategy. Like, Hey, yeah, we might not be in play for the Snells and Yamamoto's and Bellinger's of the world, but like, we can still go like eat up this, the secondary uh, second tier market and just really improve our standing next year. Um, So I really like what they're doing. Um, And and I, I hope it plays out. Like I have no, rooting interest in the Royals. Um, but I, I want this kind of aggressiveness yeah, spending, to be rewarded. Yeah, exactly. Cause it, it, it just helps other players get, get their money as well in yep. the long run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I actually, I'm really liking what the Royals are doing because pitching was a big deal for them last year. That was an issue. Um, and they're, they're going to get some guys back. Bobby Witt was really good. Benny P is going to be healthy. They so brought Will Smith back, so they're winning the World Series. And, and yes, that's how that works. Will Smith, yes, is now the the arbiter of the World Series trophy. <laughs> yeah. um, so they're either going to win it or they're going to trade him to the team that's going to win it. Uh, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> um, exactly. But yeah, no, you alluded to me. Um, we'll just go ahead and move move on to the our final segment here. But I was going to point out... Um, and as for my underrated choice was going to be that Jamer Candelario signing, because I do agree it, the fits weird for now. There, there has to be trades coming because they have too they have way too many infielders right mm-hmm. now. And I would anticipate, like you said, Jonathan India would be the one that makes the most sense. Um, it's more of, I actually like the fit from, for, for, in terms of his bat uh, in that stadium, uh, Jamer Candelario loves to uh, hit, the, hit the ball in the gap. He loves yep. the right center field gap, Large especially outfield. Um, but in, in, uh, you know, the reds right center field gap is probably as close as it gets. Uh, so I feel like some of those doubles that he, that he hits in the right center field gap might turn into homers in his new home ballpark. And that, that you could, I think you might be seeing Jamer Candelario approach the 30 homer mark. I'm not saying he's going to get there, but you know, 26, 27, honestly, wouldn't surprise me. Um, so I actually like that move from them, uh, assuming that there's a trade coming because they have to clear some yeah. field space, but yeah. I, yeah, I, that's gotta be happening because it sounds like they are. Cause we're hearing yeah. all the buzz about right now. Yeah, it's Shane, Shane Bieber. You, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Shane Bieber as a trade candidate for them. So yeah, uh, yeah. that's gotta be coming. I would, I would think, um, but yeah. you, so you wanted to talk about, uh, the Nats here in their, in our underrated. <laughs> I do. I do. Right. I, and obviously we're, we're Nats fans and we're, um, you know, we, we, tried to be about 50 50 with Nats versus MLB sometimes 60 40 in terms of MLB or you know if we're in season Nats but um it, it, it's good to see they're making some moves um it's just like tentative optimist or not yeah tentative optimism for now yeah. mm-hmm. um because Reese Hoskins is still available because like Jorge Soler is still available because I mean I it's a pipe dream but because Cody Bellinger is still available <laughs> Like once those guys sign, then it's like, oh, same old, same old. And kind of right now, we already know it's same old, same old anyways, because they could have gotten like Gio Urshela or, you know, I don't think they ever would have signed Matt Chapman because the contract it would take to get him would. Yeah, he's going to get something crazy yeah, now. Brady House. But, you know, they are dumpster diving. Senzel, I know you talked about it. If you uh, want to catch that conversation, go check out our YouTube page and check out the, the short tray posted. Um it's it's fine i i think it's it's a one and done yeah deal with senzel i don't envision him sticking around past 2024 um i think it goes to show how close they think brady house is to the majors um senzel like it it just it stinks like he was the second overall pick back in 2016 and he just didn't pan out and like it's funny because as a prospect his like 
um, his foundation, like the, his best tool was his con- bat to ball skills and his contact skills. And that's arguably when he's been, what he's been the worst at in the majors. So it's like, if he doesn't have that one thing that, you know, should keep him rostered, then, you know, what's the, what's the point? And that's obviously why the Reds non-tendered him, um, you know, cause he, he, plays multiple positions but he's not particularly strong defensively at any single one and then that's line of thinking is if he plays just third base maybe he can build some consistency and there's some logic to that not everyone can be the swiss army knife like that's why a guy like ben zobris or even like chris taylor like got the contracts they did because they were so good and so consistent despite like playing every single position possible on defense so uh getting a guy like consenzel some consistency might help we'll see it's certainly a low risk move with only $2 million and Dylan Floro, who, who they just signed today. Um, I mentioned overall on district on deck, like, you know, third base in theory covered with Zenzel. They still need a first base slash DH. They still want a left-handed hitting outfielder, which is fine because that probably means the end of Alex call. So I'm all for that. And in my mind, they still need a starting pitcher to add some depth. Yeah. Um, so they got the bullpen arm. And hopefully they still add a left-handed outfielder, a first base slash DH and a bullpen or excuse me, a starter. So we're, we're trending, but we haven't seen that big move yet. Um, so hopefully that's coming, but as far as Flora goes really, really solid bounce back candidate. Like yeah, that's, the, I think that's this is the, a really that's good the kind of guy you want to target to be a bounce back candidate as opposed to like it's in Zell. And I don't mean this and with any disrespect, but like Sinzel's never proved it before. There's never been a season where you're like, oh, that's what we want. Like Candelario, great bounce back candidate. And obviously it worked, mm-hmm. right? And Floro kind of falls into that category where last year is the outlier in his in the grand scheme of things. Yep. And you're like, okay, I just need you to be that. I don't need you to be something you've never been before. Um, so I really like the, the Floro move. At the very least, it provides um, depth in the bullpen. Uh, an article came out today about how drastic the difference was between that's a bullpen and b bullpen so hopefully this closes the gap um, and gives them some depth so i like the move and this is the the kind of move they should be making um but that that first base dh outfield bat really looms large and i need them to make kind of honestly a significant move there so we'll see if that comes yeah i i agree with that i think that this the flora move is actually a really solid move because like you said last year was his outlier He's mostly been a really solid pitcher really solid. in his career. Yeah. And even then, uh, last year was mostly just on the ERA because he had an almost two-run differential between his ERA and FIP, his peripheral, is peripherals are great. Yes. Um, so you know, this this is this makes a lot of sense for the Nats. Um, veteran guy who should have a decent bounce back, we would think. And then, you know, if he's good enough to get some trade value, that's yep. great. Yeah, um, they, they need guys like that. Yep, I agree. Um so- just bring me Reese Hoskins and Hoskins, and, Bellinger, Yamamoto. Uh, we're not asking for that much. <laughs> I'll wrap it up with this. Just, just real quick. Cause I, I know we want to get out of here, but like, I think Jock Peterson is a phenomenal fit provides left-handed outfielder can play all three outfield positions and provide some pop at the plate. He's a great bounce back candidate. He'll cost probably a little bit more than the Nats want to spend, but they can still afford it. Like grow up. Um, <laughs> Reese Hoskins, great fit. But like, if that's not your cup of tea, like there's still some viable options that I would still like to see Brandon belt, Garrett Cooper. Like I don't love CJ Cron, but it's certainly better than, um, you know, that next tier down. I would say Rowdy Telez, but he just signed with he the did, Pirates. Yes. 
Um, so thank God we're not <laughs> in the Telez category anymore. Um, but yeah, Jock Peterson is like, man, if you don't want to give like a four year deal, you can get Peterson for like a one year, $12 yeah. million. Him deal. and Belt, you know, as like Belt, BH yeah. options. Yeah. As like a it one year. It would be so good. So good. So I, I hope that happens. Yeah. The, the Nats definitely need the home run ball. Uh, that yep. was that was their Badly. big big issue last year, but yeah, uh, yeah I think um, that's pretty much it for our for our current wrap up. Um, things are things are moving quickly, so we'll see. Uh, you know, when the next recap happens, it could be pretty soon, depending on how many moves uh, take place. But um, yeah, dominoes are falling, so I think Yamamoto will be the next big one, and then yeah. we'll probably see like Snell. Bellinger is the one to keep an eye on. I, I haven't really heard anything about his market, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if the Blue Jays pivot to Bellinger. That was my bold take in the Shohei emergency episode. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So yeah, when when more moves happen, we'll be we'll be uh, recapping them uh, and talking yeah. about our thoughts. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of District Baseball. Um, you can check out our links uh, in the description as well as uh, on screen for our. Uh, Twitter slash X at. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for watching. Peace.